everybody. Welcome to UJ Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabolsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan. Jim Donnan is, of course, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach and the number one reason this show is so well-liked. Of course, Dane's insight and analysis is number two, but, uh, you know, we can't, we can't have everything. You know, somebody, somebody's got to be the lead dog in the course that is Coach Donnan. And, Coach, you've been what makes this show special? And of course, all of our uh, Brett and Greg and Tim and all those folks who weigh in that, that we love the folks that give us their comments and say hi and stuff like that. But what makes this show special is that we have a former head coach on here who has been through the grinder, who's been through the microscope of the press, who's been through it all. And coach, if you were still at the helm at UGA next week, you'd be getting ready to give a speech at SEC media days. SEC media days are here next week. I won't be here, but we're sending a couple reporters up to UG, up to Nashville to be there for it. Uh, Anthony Dasher, Jed May will be there. And you'd have to be preparing your remarks. What do you want to say? What do you want to avoid? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to drive home? And you get a lot of questions. And so uh, if we in past years, we've kind of asked you to you know, a few, give us a few stories about this. But I kind of want to get your take. If Kirby Smart's writing out his opening comments right now, uh, what do you think he's going to highlight? What do you think his talking points are going to be? He's, he's got back-to-back national championships. How does he – what do you say now? Yeah, I thought that last year he really was – kind of took everybody by storm when he said, hey, we're not going to be the hunted. You know, he just took – he was very aggressive. And uh, he'll have something similar to that about how uh, they've worked hard on making this team its own identity. Some of the things that I used to worry about that – they don't worry about now. I was worried about our players getting the clothing, you know, to uh, look good because they didn't for- furnish the, uh, the SEC. Now gives them a clothing allowance for these guys to uh, to go to the, uh, you know, so they can get some pretty good duds on there before they get up there. So um, I was breaking the rules back then, you know, uh, getting some good looking threads for these guys. But I thought it was ridiculous that. Some of them didn't have – well, I mean, it's ridiculous that they didn't have enough money to have a nice-looking suit. So, with that out of the way, I don't have to worry about that, and Kirby doesn't either. But, uh, you know, you always talk to Claude, who talks about what might be some of the things that come up. But what people don't realize, and maybe they do, but uh, what you see with the coach talking to the – aggregated uh, a press corps there what's on TV that's just a small part of it uh, throughout the day you, you go to uh, you have a, a, a sit down with CBS's group to talk about the games and, and they get some clips that they use to promote uh, you sit down with the uh, ESPN group and do the same thing and then you meet with the radio people separate and then TV people do some stuff other, you know, like local TV groups have some shots on you. And then uh, uh, they, they actually have a group of uh, the local press get some kind of by themselves because some of the routine questions that you, you, you wouldn't want them to ask the questions that they ask in the big group. So Kirby and Claude get with people from different 
news outlets around here and they were able to pepper them a little bit. Players do the same thing. They go through five or six different groups like that. So it's an all encompassing car wash type deal. You go through a lot of stuff. And uh, I think it's also good that uh, there's some media training involved uh, with the uh, different guys that are going and you talk to them about some uh, with your media people about, Hey, just answer the question that they asked on drift. Uh, people are going to ask you to make comparisons, uh, you know, try to eliminate billboard material if you can, but you want them to be personable and, and show their stuff as far as the kind of why you're taking them there. So we've got three outstanding guys going and uh, they'll do a good job and Kirby will too. And you called it, Coach. You, we, It was two weeks ago we said, here are the guys we think are going to media days. I wrote it down, I put it in front of me, and I'm one out of three, which only gets you a contract in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, pretty easy for me, but uh, that was because uh, you just look from the standpoint of who we got and uh, the way Kirby wants the team represented. And you got an All-American I mean, I don't know if he'll get in on the ice when he should. Brock Bowers and then tremendous per- spokesperson and leader in uh, Van Pran, you know. And then Kamari is just a, a guy that is really uh, kind of sticky on Nick a little bit, having a guy from Tuscaloosa there. I think that's pretty <laughs> slick. <laughs> <laughs> that's cold-blooded. But I think uh, having, the media – a lot of people were complaining that of all the when the list came out of all the schools that were going to be there, there weren't enough quarterbacks. Everybody wants to talk to the quarterbacks, and some people said, "Well, why isn't Kirby Smart sending a quarterback?" And I'm like, "Look, he if he can get away from that, then he will." And I think it was a good message to say, "Look, I'm not going to send Brock or Carson Beck or somebody like that because you know it's still an open competition, and you sent established starters to this." And the media hey, in the past, he sent Fromm, he sent Bennett. I mean, you know, it's a situation where people are going to have every opportunity to talk to these guys. But uh, I think that in itself shows you your answer was great, Roddy, that, uh, hey, it's an open competition. And Kirby has uh, been very uh, adamant about that. So, uh, and it should be. I mean, when you're not a returning starter, you got to prove yourself in the fall regardless of, how much you've been around and that, that would be so for any position. So, uh, but I'm yeah, sure those guys, are, those guys have proved themselves. Then I didn't, I can tell you in my opinion, coach, you can tell me if I'm wrong though. Brock Bowers doesn't want to go. He, he probably work out. He, he prefer to work out for the sixth or seventh time that day in Athens, just stick, stay back and put it out there. But the media wants to see him. This guy is, is one of the best players in college football, if not the best, he's just uh Again, you know, Maybe branching out a little bit, though. I, I don't know that he doesn't want to go. It's just not one of his cup, cup of tea. But <laughs> he's, he's certainly with the the people that have talked to him, you know, uh, and and uh, said, hey, look, Brock, you deserve this now. It's okay to talk about yourself a little bit. I think he's a little bit shy about that because he was yeah. an underclassman before. And But uh, he, he'll do a good job. You'll be surprised how, how articulate he'll be. He should go find a hotel gym and say, you guys can interview me all day, but it's going to be in here. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I always liked about going there uh, was was to see some of these recruits that I had recruited 
that went to the other schools and get a chance to talk, you know, during the game, after the game, you don't even get to talk to them, but there's some downtime there and, you know, just ask them how their parents are and talk a little bit about them and, oh. and tell them you're proud of them. And, uh, Hey, it's awesome that you've done so well and, uh, very genuine type stuff, but it, it does, you do build lifelong relationships with these guys and it's, uh, Nice to be able to see him a little bit in a more relaxed situation. As, uh, speaking of recruiting, Coach, Georgia has been red hot on the recruiting trail. Let me pull up the uh, list here of uh, commits. It's a lot of big dudes. Yeah, and so there's three guys that we have, and the, the sizes can vary. You know, when we got a guy listed at 6'8", because he told us he measured in at 6'8", at UGA. Now maybe he's – uh, fudging the numbers a little bit, maybe six, seven and a half or six, seven point one, but it's still pretty impressive. But they got Marquise Easley out of Illinois, uh, six foot seven, 315 pounds. Now think about this coach. You got a guy that's listed at six, seven, you have six offensive linemen. Your six, seven guy is number four in size. He's not the one, two or three, three other guys are six, eight, including Nair Daniels out of uh, New Jersey. Uh, he committed uh, uh, on the seventh. Uh, Daniel Calhoun, uh, another 6'6 guy, he committed uh, on the 5th of July. The 6th of July was uh, Joseph Jonye, the uh, defensive end out of Texas. Uh, they've just been killing it on the trail. But those big offensive linemen, six of them, three listed at 6'6", all three, 300 pounds. When Malachi Tolliver is considered your small guy, that's a pretty damn impressive haul. Plus, getting uh, Joseph Jonye, that is a huge defensive end that the dogs are wanting badly. And of course they want his teammate too, uh, Justin Williams. So uh, we knew that June was going to be hot when uh, in, I think it was back in May, they picked up uh, Dylan Rayola. They've had 14 commits since then. They're at 26 commits and we're in the what second week of July. I uh, still got what, five, six months to go before uh, signing day. This is a ridiculous class coach. Yeah, I think sometimes when you see so many big guys, you just have a tendency to think, wow, wow, wow. But some of these guys aren't ready. I mean, they're going to have to work on their footwork. Uh, they've got good quickness for the most part. They're not the lumbering type. You know, I've had a chance to look at them. But uh, as far as guys coming in and playing right away, like a, uh, some of the guys we've had in the past, uh, you know, who knows whether they will be or not. But the one thing that was very evident that Kirby sent an edict out to his coaches and particularly Stacy Searles is we've got to get some leverage here. We got to get some size, some big guys, the bigger guys that we have, we're losing this year. More than likely, you know, Radledge will be coming out. Trust is graduating. Uh, Mims will probably get, you know, to the pros. So we, we need some bigger leverage tackle types. So, They've really scanned the country and done a great, great job. And I think listening to these young men and, and what they say when Jed May and Blaine Gilmer, which I think is great the way they get these uh, interviews with them and talk about what it is about Georgia. And most of the, from, from everyone on standpoint, get a chance to be developed, uh, get a chance to come in and have an opportunity early with the guys that are leaving and play on a winning team and play for a quarterback or quarterbacks like, uh, the two we got coming in. So uh, we had a good message to them and uh, it, it's kind of the need based. Uh, that's a position we really were of all the positions on our team because of the down year we had recruiting two years ago in O-line. I think 
was a paramount deal, and they've answered the challenge there. Stacy did a great job, and uh, I, I just don't want to get too overwhelmed about how awesome they are because <laughs> they're definitely big guys and they're going to be good. But uh, as far as coming in and, and being like an Andrew Thomas or somebody like that, yeah. I don't see anybody like that yet, but uh, there's not many guys that are like him, you know. No. So, uh, but we've we've done a good job of uh, always bringing guys in based on need and uh, doing the same thing with D line. I mean, we get some D line horses out there, and I just can't say enough about uh, the way that uh, our staff blends together and works together. Uh, you know, we've said this before. It's not just the O-line coach recruiting O-line. And, you know, Fran Brown identified some of these guys up east, and then Stacy went up there. Uh, same thing with uh, some of these other players position-wise. And they, they got good coordination among all these guys. Yeah, I have to think it helps Brown. out with other positions in recruiting too, though, Coach, because if you can look at a running back prospect and say, you see the size of these linemen, you see what we're training up to do, we're already successful, we're getting these big guys, you're not going to run behind a more talented offensive line than what we have here. Right, and I think we're going to bring in one more uh, running back. I know we're after Frazier, we're still talking to Christian Clark. Uh, we've got Chauncey Bowers that we – flipped and then the other kid that we signed early who's a human jet uh the kid from georgia so uh but you, you always look at your supporting cast that's for sure i mean you want to have some help and uh we, we we've got that and uh, when you say the 26 uh just for everybody's to make sure you understand it used to be you could only take 25 max a year right and, uh, your total was 85 but with covid uh, a lot of things happen, the transfer portal and the NCAA and in its infinite wisdom <laughs> said that now the 85 is going to be fluid, but you can get back to 85 any way you can. So if you lose 35 guys to the transfer portal, you can bring in 50, you know, you know, whatever you got to do, but you can't get over 85. So I would think based on our last few years, we've had 15 to 17 in between that guys uh, leave here. So I could see us taking over 30 players in this, this class just because of that. And, uh, and we would be in good shape uh, because you're going to be some guys leave when you're winning, like we're winning and you're not getting to play uh, guys leave like the ones that went in Nebraska starting linebacker for Alabama uh, was here. So that's going to happen, but that's what's good about the rule now. We can take a few more. When you say we got 26, I can see us taking 32 because we still got to take a receiver, a running back, uh, you know, and he'll never turn down a good player. <laughs> play for him, that's for sure. I need some inside linebackers too, Coach. So, and we'll talk about linebackers after. Uh, yeah, we got uh, one humming out there, the number one player in the country that I think we're in good shape with. Um, that I think uh, one of the fans asked about that uh, Dane's going to ask us here later in the program. I did a little homework because Dane set me up, so I got some info on him for you. And uh, sometimes I do some things on my own, Roddy, without asking you. You know, I hate it when you go off script, Coach. I, I send you the stuff I want you to say on the air. You have it on the teleprompter there. And when you go off script, you just – 
yeah, I can't, I can't a, save you then. Got the general manager asking him for questions, and so he he, got, he sent me what, about to get a comparison on this guy. So I did it. There you go. Uh, let's talk about them real, uh, right after a quick commercial break. I want to mention our friends at Athens Ford. They have some special deals on the uh, Ford F-150s. They are available now. They're not always around, you know, and they, if the, the selection gets thin with all the different uh, packages, the trim packages they have. But our friends out at Athens Ford have a ton of them. Like you get the um, uh, XL 101 STX, $7,000 off MSRP. Three point and excuse me, I was about to say or and three point nine percent APR financing for sixty months for qualified buyers. That's just a hell of a deal. If you want to get the three hundred two A, same deal, seven thousand dollars off uh, MSRP and three point nine percent financing for sixty months for qualified buyers. I'm just telling you, folks, the number of vehicles that at Athens Ford has skyrocketed from where they were during the COVID things when they had by far more than anybody else. But now uh, that you know the production is catching up and the chips are catching up and all that fun stuff. They are loaded to bear. Now they're still not pre COVID numbers. They don't have, you know, 1200, 13, 1400 cars on the lot, but they still have, you know, five, 600 sometimes, or they at least available at their fingertips. If they only have 400 a lot, then they've got more available. It's a fantastic dealership out there and they are doing a lot with Georgia NIL. So if you are a supporter of the Bulldogs and you want to support somebody who supports your team, Buy your vehicle from Athens Ford and get the lifetime powertrain warranty on it. It's, it's too easy. Yeah. Lionel's listening on his lunch break in Plant City, Florida. Thanks for uh, listening, Lionel. Thanks for making us part of your, your day here. Hey, we uni kid to Tattle Hutto here from uh, here in Athens. Uh, one of my good friends, good tennis player, banker. So maybe he's, he's kin to him. At Plant City, Boy, I tell you, when I was at Florida State, we recruited a, a big old lineman named Smokey Reagans from Plant City, Florida, and we had to work our behinds off to get him. And uh, I mean, we'll forget Plant City for that reason. Smokey Reagans. <laughs> we want to talk about some uh, linebackers, inside and outside linebackers, as we continue our analysis of position groups. We've gone through about half the teams so far. We'll continue up until the season. And, Coach, the way we did this last time is we included some of the edge rushers in that defensive end position. So there's a little bit of overlap there. But let's start with the outside guys and a guy that I know you love, Marvin Jones Jr., yeah, I was here the weekend when uh, Marvin made his official visit and got to meet him and uh, just an outstanding young man. Uh, you know, he got great genes. His dad was a heck of a player. And uh, unfortunately, he hurt his shoulder and uh, had a little uh, repair there, so he got behind. But he, he's got the uh, frame and the uh, footwork and the uh, motor. Just need some reps, get out there full speed. But he, he did a good job in the spring, just kind of mirroring everybody and standing around and, and listening. But uh, tremendous upside for Marvin. I'm going to go with a guy that I think is the breakout superstar of the team. I just don't know what position because he could play about three potentially. Darius Smith. Yeah, I tell you, I think Darius' dad listens to our show, and he should because he ought to be proud of his son. He, he's a good young man, got good uh, – Good character and uh, just a freak athlete. From and I'd say that uh, with a lot of respect, a guy can really run. I'm talking about like a just really fast. And if you can just imagine when we had Anderson here, 
and he was a DN, but we played him some at star because he was so good at running and playing pass coverage, uh, not one-on-one, but zone and everything, but still coming off the edge. He can play end or star and uh, just got to get a little more bulk, but uh, sky's the limit for Darius. I need great special teams player already. When Nolan Smith got injured last year, it meant a lot of playing time for Chaz Chambliss, an experienced player on the edge. I tell you, you, you can't have enough players on your team uh, like Chaz. I mean, you know every snap he's going to play exactly like he's capable of, meets his potential. A really good hard worker in the weight room, probably Mr. Waits over there for Georgia as far as just ultimate guy. Uh, and uh, – you know, he's not overwhelmingly big, but uh, very tough and uh, knows the defense. And there's a lot of room for him to play every week because he, he's going to play very consistently and plays even better with the other guys out there. So uh, not so overly impressive one-on-one, but when you run the schemes and do the things that Coach Schumann and Muschamp use, he's a guy you can scheme and use in a lot of different ways. When uh, he was signed, I actually reached out to you, Jay, and I'm like, there's some bigger guys you could, you could have put here, you know, not just size, but, you know, some faster guys, some guys are higher rated. And I was told, look, this is a guy who brings his lunch pail every day. He is a workout warrior. He is smart. He's a good football player, and he's tough as nails. And you have to have those guys in your locker room. He will bring it at every practice. He will bring it every day in the weight room. He'll bring it every day in the film room. And he will force guys to a higher standard because they're going to, you can come in with all the, like you say, some of the measurables that are greater than his. But he's one of those guys that has that heart, you know, that dog in him that's just tough to beat out. So uh, you nailed a coach when you got to have guys like that on your team. You got to have those warriors. And he is one. If you just go back to Robert Bill, uh, Bill stuck around here and did everything the right way and got ended up going pro. I don't know that. Chambliss will or not, he you know, he's he definitely going to get some good marks this year, though. I like Chambliss. I'm going to give you a trio of names here, some newcomers at the I'm position. too hard now. Sam and Pimba, <laughs> Gabe Harris, Damon Wilson. Well, I mean, three musketeers. I mean, all three of these guys, athletic looking, good, strong, physically. Uh, the thing about um, Timba is he, he just got, uh, got, got a good attitude. Works very hard, uh, and uh, he looks a lot like Nolan Smith on the hoof, uh, except his arms are longer, uh, probably longer than Wilt Chamberlain's. <laughs> I mean, this guy's got some length to him, and uh, had a little run in here recently that I know that we'll have to get that rectified. Driving, uh, reckless driving, but uh, very good kid. As far as Gabe Harris. Uh, just raw. I mean, he's got uh, uh, just got a little bit of, uh, you know, got in here in the spring, which was good. He needed that. And he was a lot like Williams last year, you know, get in here. Uh, Michael Williams, you get in in the spring and get all those reps. He's going to get better all the time uh, once he matures. Uh, but but he, he's probably a little further away than those other two. And then, of course, Damon Wilson. Good Lord, what a build on this guy. I mean, he looks like an NFL player right now and just got to keep his keep grounded and not, and understand you got to pay the price and play and earn your spurs. But, man, what a player he is potentially. I mean, just what you look for 
if you're University of Georgia and you go out there and you have your defensive players out there that have been drafted and played well, this guy meets that mark. He looks like one of these guys that we've had here that did well. He just got to go out and do it. Yep. Coach, I'm looking at the names that outside linebacker there, and one of those freshmen, maybe more, they're going to have playing time opportunities this season. I mean, it's it's not as deep of a spot as some other positions on the team. Yeah, it just ended up being where you lost some guys and then uh, and some of them didn't pan out. But uh, we got ways to move people around. Like uh, we're going to talk about Jalen Walker. I'll talk about him right now. He can play inside backer, but we saw him last year line up on the edge and get some sacks, particularly uh, in some uh, critical situations and in some, you know, just downtime. But he's another guy. He and both uh, Jones both had surgery. But, man, I tell you, this guy, quality through and through, uh, you know, a good family. Uh, and he's going to be a special teams warrior too. I mean, just uh, can do everything you want. Great attitude. Could play tight end, but we don't really need one right now. But uh, excellent basketball player in high school. Uh, just an, He's an athlete's athlete. I mean, he's going to be a real winner for us. I'm going to make that prediction. Two years will be in the SEC media days. Oh, I was going to say next year. <laughs> Fair. But we had the same thought, so that's funny. Let's go to the experience, guys. The starters from last year start with Smile Munden. Yeah, Munden, uh, Kirby said it. And, uh, you know, when Kirby gives you some love like that, one of the best athletes he's had, there's no question this guy can go sideline to sideline as a, as a real motor, uh, got good ball skills to go with his toughness and uh, kind of angular, but really had a tough injury there right before spring was up. And uh, I think Roddy's reported this, but uh, I don't read the – as much of that as I probably should, but uh, he's, he's, probably, he's probably going to miss some early uh, fall camp and whether he, he's ready to go for the games with our schedule like it is, he he, he might play in those early games, but I, I think he's going to have a little trouble mending and they got to be careful about him. But uh, he's a big time linebacker. I mean, just the only problem, he's got a guy on the other side that's got even more ability uh as far as making plays head up pop is just a just stone you guy i mean he'll go up there and knock you off and go up to anybody and practice and challenge him i mean he's he's a heck of a player and i didn't realize how good he was until uh just got the opportunity i, I mean you know two years ago you waiting to play behind those three guys that got drafted but uh good situation there with those two guys and then we got sorry who Better watch out with these young backers coming up. He he's got ability, but you know you got to prove yourself. I mean, these guys are sniffing at you, and uh, we'll go over them now. Why don't you mention each one's name, and I'll go over them. Well, we'll start with the one that's been there, but after he had the incident where he ended up being shot um, just before he got to Georgia, EJ Lightsey uh, at this position. Yeah, I mean Lightsey really uh, just a. a good story there in itself. It's it's a human interest deal, just the fact that he's been able to continue playing football, but proud of him. Uh, maybe not quite as athletic to be his size as you'd want, but uh, got good intelligence and is going to be big on special teams. And uh, 
you know, the players like him and have a lot of respect for what he's been through. Uh, he He's not a starter-type guy at this point, in my opinion, but I think he'll, you know, be a good player for us, but maybe not a starter-type. Then the newcomers, they did come here at different times, though. Uh, one of them came in the summer. Let's start with Raylan Wilson, a name that uh, you got really excited about during the, the signing day show that we did. Yeah, I mean, Niagara Falls on this guy as far as making my mouth water. I mean, good Lord, what, what a player. And he's going to he's gonna jump in there. He's, you know, he's a little raw for sure, but uh, he's when I said – about the one guy being what you'd expected on the outside uh, for Georgia players. The same thing's true with this guy. He's he's gonna he's gonna be a special teams nightmare for anybody. I mean, this goes to the whistleblows. I remember uh, last week I was here the, the the last day we had camp. Uh, Kendrell Bell was here, uh, a linebacker that I had, and who uh, his sons could be a junior. And uh, I'm feeling Andrew, old. Andrew Bell, first play he ever played in college, went over, just jumped over the whole pile on the on the uh, kickoff, the wedge. He just went down there. He didn't break him up. He just jumped over the guy. <laughs> uh, I can see, I can see uh, this guy doing the same stuff. I mean, he, he's an unbelievable athlete. Just, and when I say unbelievable, it's hard for me to say that because I believe about anything. But when I watched him out there. A couple of times in the spring, I said, really not fair for a freshman to have this kind of ability. And then C.J. Allen, uh, even bigger guy, uh, that just really has some thickness to him. So you got Harris a lot like Munden, and then you got Allen a lot like Pop. I mean, you know, just move, same type of look, guys. And Allen's even bigger, and uh, he'll knock you back too. And then – Bowles didn't get here because he, he graduated at the end of the spring. But uh, I've heard in one word about somebody, they bring up somebody's name, who's, who's getting your attention from these freshmen that didn't report early. Everybody that I've asked has said Bowles just knows what to do already, jumps out there, takes reps uh, like he's been here his whole life. But, You'd expect him to know football with his dad being a pro coach and all, but I guarantee you that our defense is is very complicated, and uh, I'm sure he's still got a lot to learn. But it's good to hear word of mouth when you hear it from the players, the coaches, the trainers, the equipment man, the people that I ask about. And when you hear one name in particular, you know they're not BSing you on it. So uh, we got a good good one in him. So. Look at those three guys. Come on. Uh, just not fair. And we're getting ready to have some good ones coming in here, too. Well, Coach, this position group in particular, you mentioned a second ago with Nicobe Dean and Channing Tindall and Quay Walker, with them all going out together, it opened up the, the space for Munden and Pop to step in. But now, probably next year, they're going to be gone. It's going to be this group that we just talked about stepping in there into these roles. Right. It turns over so quickly at inside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Dane. And uh, just can't say enough about Schumann and his recruiting. You look at the linebackers. I mean, for a younger coach that never had coached full-time to come in here like he's done and make his mark and consistently develop with the guys. Of course, Roquan was already here, but 
year in and year out. We got linebackers coming out of here uh, and uh, speaks very highly of the, the system. And uh, he knows the system next to Kirby. He knows it as good as anybody. And uh, we teach these guys how to, to do uh, pattern reads. Uh, what that is, is like uh, a lot of times people just drop back in their zone and they've got this kind of area, but they'll drop to one area if the back release is inside, another area if the back release is flat, another one if the back steps up and blocks. Uh, we do all those kind of pattern reads with guys that, that a lot of coaches don't do in college and uh, really, really well the way it's really well coordinated with our defense along with uh, the secondary, the way they can do that. I want to touch on something, Coach, you mentioned Schumann, and it was last year that Kirby Smart said, this is my best staff, you know, and that's kind of wild because there are the number of guys that were on his staff that are now head coaches elsewhere. But you notice that uh, the NFL came after his offensive coordinator. Multiple teams came after his defensive coordinator. A lot of people are like, who, who the hell is Fran Brown? Fran Brown is signing – you're helping you sign players all over the nation, uh, especially the Northeast. Uh, uh, Trey Scott, who a lot of people said, that nah, guy can't recruit. Trey Scott's signing them and getting guys into the NFL. They were worried about Stacey Searles. Stacey Searles is lining them up too. Um, it's difficult about everybody's worries about us. So don't, I mean, what else are you going to do? You got to worry about Georgia. That's the way it goes. I mean, hey, they just won two national championships. Find something wrong. But you're making a good point there. And uh, I want to, before you forget it, I want to just say something about Chidera too, because this guy's on fire. I mean, you look at all the guys that he's he's in on and, and completely in on the number one player probably in the country in this one area from uh, – Lee Summit for uh, Missouri, uh, and he just uh, relates to kids, relates to families, and uh, just I'm just telling you, Kirby listens to his people. I mean, uh, Mel Tucker told him about him and told Schumann about him, and I think Tyson Summers told him about it because he was at Colorado when Mel got there, and then he left and went to TCU, and uh, and also Fran Brown. Uh, Fran Brown, I'm telling you, I don't really interact with these guys very often, but once in a while, somebody like Roddy Nabosi or Dane Young will send me something, some friend of mine, I'm just using their name, and say, hey, is Georgia in on this guy? And so, obviously, I'm not going to ask Kirby about every one of them because he's got other things going, but you ask these guys, they come back to you right away, yeah, we've been looking at this guy since the ninth grade or you know, or, you know, I mean, they they're on top of it. They they really they got good. Uh, and Fran's just not in New Jersey and Connecticut, and he's down in South Florida where it's it's tough down there. And he and McClendon are really doing a good job in South Florida, and Bell goes down there too. But uh, this is not a pipe organ here, just being bragging about our players and, and but our coaches really do a good job of. Uh, bringing in guys with good character here, too. I think grade-wise, character-wise, we're doing a good job. There's one yeah, other staffer I wanted to mention, too, though, and that's Jarvis Jones, because it never hurts to be – that guy over there, he was a first-round pick, and he played this position here. Yeah. Good, good idea. Well, yeah. Get over there, lining the tight ends left and right. And Brian, oh, you know, you know, it's unbelievable. When you look at, uh, of course, Dell, there's no telling what he's going to do if he gets his Fraser get in, Bowen. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, Jarvis 
is one of those guys behind the scenes that Kirby uses. He works hard with technique on those guys, but he's also giving them a little pat on the back and say, hey, I've been here before. This is what you got to do. You know, coaches are going to get on you, but there's got to be some people who give you a little sugar too. And uh, Jarvis is outstanding from that way. Jess Sutherland uh, is another guy that Kirby's brought along that was a graduate assistant now is an analyst that does good with Montgomery Van Gore. Uh, you know, yeah. just just a lot of good good guys over here helping out. Heard a lot of good stuff about Gummy and the Dylan Raiola recruitment. So, Zini Kendarola. <laughs> he's going to be – he's a kid to get in that kid to enroll at Buford High School so we can watch him every week. I love it. Shout out to Gummy. I had uh, – We've had some other questions there, but I, I want to mention our friends at um, your pie because it's Tuesday. It's uh, 1239. You still may have, you, if you haven't had lunch yet, or you're trying to decide what you want to do for dinner, hit up our friends at your pie. And I want to mention their franchise. So you know how good it is. You've tried it. I've had people, you know, hundreds of people go, Hey, I've never eaten there before. I went to this location. I loved it. I'm going back again. Well, when we talk about, you know, my perfect franchise and some of the franchises that are out there, I want to mention my favorite franchise, which would be your pie. They have 70 plus locations. Uh, they're, they're open in like uh, five a year. It is a fantastic business opportunity for anybody that wants to try it. So when you get it, when you get the chance, uh, reach out to the your pie franchise folks, reach out to Drew French. Uh, it's in the top 50% of restaurants when it comes to, you know, like a million dollars in sales. They're, uh, annual they're growing by 18 percent a year it's just nuts so hit up our friends at your pie get your own franchise put one in your town become the hero of your town by bringing your pie to the masses make ridiculous amounts of money open up two or three of them like uh, my buddy bob rosado did so uh try them when you get the chance it'll absolutely be worth it so uh speaking of franchises if you're like well I, roddy i don't know how to get a franchise i don't know how to do all that well, reach out to Andy Ludecki at MyPerfectFranchise.net. He can walk you through 3,000 different options. And it can be something, you know, turnkey. It can be you know, brick and mortar. It can be uh, uh, contract stuff. Whatever you want to do, it's a new world for most of us. We've never even thought about franchising. We have no idea what goes into it. We don't know how much money do we need. How What forms do we fill out? Uh, what, what, what's the next step? But if you reach out to him, just it's a phone call. Reach out to Andy. He'll... Make it very easy for you. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. So uh, he's paid by the franchisors, you know, who, who respect the process. And, you know, they recognize the quality of the candidates that you refer to them. So uh, Andy is going to make it super simple for you. He's going to answer all your questions. He's going to see you through the end until you're signed. And then, then he's always just a phone call away if you have any questions afterwards. So uh, we've had a lot of folks at UGA Sports and across the Rivals Network work out with Andy. And they have been very, very uh, appreciative of the opportunities that he's created for them. I want to start with questions over on YouTube and Thomas asks, who's going to Nashville to cover sec media days next week for us. That will be Anthony Dasher and Jed may. So be looking forward to their coverage. There's a chance that coach and I do this show on Wednesday next week. Uh, so we can bring you some of what Kirby smart said and react to that. And the three players as well, we just don't want to compete with them. But, uh, if they're going at the same time as our show would be. So we'll, let you know on that. Uh, check out ugasports.com for that latest information. Yeah, good idea. 
Coach, you would ask if uh, Lionel Hutto uh, was related to your friend here in Athens. He's said he wasn't, uh, but he's from Fitzgerald. And so uh, he says EJ Lights, he comes from a great family in Fitzgerald. And I'd heard the same. Sure does. He's got a good family. Uh, let's see. Rod, this question from Alan Hampton's probably one for you. Said so it'd make his day if you could have a little fodder about this question. Due to the number of recruiting services, why not average all the rankings together for an official recruit ranking? Because uh, I've worked for some of these other services, and some of the folks over there are idiots. So I don't want to sully the rivals' ranking with that. And, that, and that's not to say the rivals get it right all the time. We've made some blunders uh, just because you don't know how a kid's going to turn out. You know, you don't know if he's going to continue working as hard as he was in high school. A lot of them, they sign and they start to coast or uh, they get to school and they realize how much more they work they need to do. And they put it in and they get better. Uh, we, who knew Eric Stokes was going to be a first round pick? Nobody had him that high. Uh, you just didn't know that Eric Stokes was so coachable. We knew how fast he was, but guy, I mean, he didn't even play quarterback. So uh, you just don't know how something's going to work out. But we have hit on far more than anybody else. Our hit rate has been far superior to any of our competitors. Uh, when we say a guy's a five star, he's usually pretty damn good. Um, when we say a guy's a two star, he probably doesn't play that much. Now, you can always find the exceptions to the rule, but I challenge anybody to look at three million high school football players, look at, you know, rank three to 5,000 of them and have a higher hit rate than what we do. So there is no official one basically because you don't want to devalue your rankings and incorporate other people who aren't working as hard as you are. Question from Andy Stowe, friend of the program. Coach, this is about the freshman offensive linemen. Uh, well, not freshmen, the offensive line recruits, the, the big offensive linemen. He says, what do you make of the size of these guys? Do you think there's a philosophy change to get more of a ground and pound option, or are they just making sure that they can protect all quarterbacks, whether they're mobile or not? I think uh, earlier in the show, in case he missed it, I think uh, just the fact that we don't have a lot of taller offensive lineman uh, in the program now in the uh, uh, underclass group. Uh, so this year's line will look like uh, uh, a lot of college basketball teams would like to have the height that we have. I mean, uh, Van Pran's the shortest guy, but, uh, you know, you got everybody's big. And uh, leverage is important with all the stuff you do in blocking now. And I think just the fact that uh, – as much zone scheme as you run, the, the, these big guys really present a, a lot of mass with, uh, you know, their arms together and everything working. Like you come off and <coughs> guard, this is the tackle, and you come off like this. And if the linebacker comes inside, the guard takes him. And if he stays outside, then the tackle takes him and the guard takes the – so the zone blocking scheme is – prevalent but also gap schemes where everybody just blocks down and these big guys have the mass to do that so it, it's a philosophical thing just from the standpoint of replacing and staying like we used to be we got away from that a little bit because not the philosophy but because we missed on some guys and and we don't have as many offense in that size a lot of follow-up questions about these offensive linemen. Hydrant Chaser on the dog vent says, other than the size, what do you look for in an offensive line prospect? And then why do so many not pan out other than injuries? I think uh, intelligence is something you got to have for sure because there's so much you got to do as an O-lineman. Uh, D-line, you know, just 
but get on your haunches and come off. But you, you got to pick up different schemes. You got to have run schemes, blocking schemes for passes. Uh, you got to identify defenses, and uh, you got to have a a little bit more of a of a temperament where you can't get too excited because you you counting on the snap count and changing plays and doing all that. So you got to be pretty mature as far as making decisions at the line of scrimmage. And uh, and also footwork, it's just become a game where if you are big and tall and can't move your feet, you can't play because these guys that are making up more money than you are the ones that are rushing the passer. So you got to be able to uh, – I'm talking about when you go to the pros. But now NIL, they might be doing it too. But the whole point is you've got to move your feet to go with that size too. And it, it looks like watching some of these guys on the tape that we have, that Calhoun guy moving his feet around, uh, uh, watching that one guy from New Jersey jump over to hoops. Uh, just really, I love to see guys. One of the best indicators for me, if a guy can run and jump, uh, yeah. you can't make that up. I mean, if you got a vertical jump like Roddy's, you're probably not going to take him. Well, I do. Question from OU Herschel Walker. He says, since we have the incoming offensive line class that averages 6'6", 350, who's the biggest offensive line you've ever recruited and signed? And I guess he's maybe saying one prospect, so offensive lineman. Oh, I had some big guys in Oklahoma, that's for sure, uh, really big. Uh, here, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we had George Foster was a really big guy. Um I can't really – I had a guy, Marshall, named Johnny McKee that was only about six three and a half, but he was about 330. And uh, we put Johnny in the backfields occasionally and ran the, ran him at fullback, and he, he scored a couple touchdowns. But uh, quick story on Johnny because it's over the past. But, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a pregame meal on – I mean, a, a meal on Friday night. We raised the money, had a nice meal. And then after that, we went to the movie, and then we had a meeting. And we're playing in a national quarterfinals because we were playing a home game because we, we sold out, so the NCAA left. And everybody was there but Johnny. And uh, so I sent Chris Selfo over to see him, find out where he was. And he lived up on top of uh, – we had him in an apartment on top of this grocery store, and uh, he had this girl that had moved from Texas with him, nice lady. And uh, and uh, so I didn't know this at the time, and Selfo didn't say anything to me. And uh, uh, he came back by the next morning. He said, he's okay, Coach. He's just not feeling good. And uh, he didn't have any way to get a hold of him. And I, I, I believed it. And uh, so next day, Johnny goes out there and plays good. And, so after the games, you know, we won pretty good. So I was in a pretty good move. And Selfo said that, hey, coach, I got a level with you. I went over there to to the grocery store, went upstairs, and Johnny was sitting in there with a six-pack. <laughs> he was just sitting on the, sitting on the uh, couch and said, 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 I just didn't feel like eating tonight, coach. I feel like I need a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> so Selfo uh, – Selfo didn't put it on the old coach, but that's a Johnny McKee story. But it's unbelievable that Selfo went over there and coached me. Johnny just leveled with him. I just didn't feel like eating. I need to have a few beers. 
I, I felt that feeling. I get it. I get it. Speaking of having a few beers, I want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company. What a transition. That's one of your better ones. They have some new beers out there all the time. Uh, one of the ones I really want to mention, it sounds weird, but it's a, everyone knows Southern Brewing Company. It's another famous uh, brewing company here in Athens. They have a uh, collaboration with Academia Brewing Company. All these uh, brewers in Athens, and there's like what, I think there's six of them, uh, maybe seven. They're all friendly. They take care of each other. They, they work together. There's a lot of neat collaborations, but they have one uh, called the Riverbend Malt House. So if you've lived in Riverbend, you know how important it is here in Athens. Uh, it's uh, called uh, Eagle Fang. Excuse me. It's the, it would have been Malthouse is the corn and barley that go into this. They're the ones that pr uh, provide that for this. The drink is called Eagle Fang, and it's 7.1% uh, alcohol by volume. It's refreshingly strong American lager. It's perfect for a hot summer day. It's 7.1. It's a malt liquor. It's, uh, it's serious stuff, so don't screw around with that. You want something a little uh, more uh, fruity, you can swing by uh, – Academia get the Granio Sisters. You're in for a treat. It is a strawberry, peach, and apple pie tea sour. Uh, it's only $5, so swim Academia when you get the chance. And this week uh, is a special. They have fried fish and chips. So if you want to go out and have some great fried fish with their um, the great dipping sauce, their homemade fries, love the fries out there. That's currently going on at Academia Brewing Company. So fun beers, malt liquors, fruit, tea, beverages try those when you get a chance also if you did not get any of the cool uh socks for father's day and you're like your kids suck and you know you need to disown them and write them out of the will if you go over to dead Soxy right now and uh, decide to get a set for yourself especially with the season coming up sec media days is next week you need those red and black socks go ahead and swing by there join their dead Soxy plus membership you get free socks um can't hurt to do that. So try our friends at Dead Soxy. Use promo code UGA Sports to get 20% off of your first order and uh, support the folks that also support Georgia. So I know that they're working on a NIL deal. They're trying to uh, for all these uh, school colors that they represent. So they have one at Ole Miss. They're trying to do one at Georgia. You just have to jump through the hurdles and the hoops to get the uh, licensing and all that stuff down. So Check out our friends at deadsoxy.com. They support their show, so please support them. Uh, Coach Chris Landino, after we said we were going to talk about the linebackers, just want to ask a little bit more about Munden's injury and then how that affects his start to the season. So I don't know if you have more on how you advise players to deal with injuries to start a season. Well, it's all based on uh, the doctors and Ron Corson and his staff. Uh, you know, what's a long-term prognosis? Does uh, being off of it help it? Uh, can he hurt it any worse coming back early? All of those things. Uh, but when you when you're uh, a guy that counts on speed and quickness, uh, foot injury is is probably. I mean, it's pretty easy to understand. That's really the most important part of your repertoire. So uh, I think it'll all be dependent on how, how fast he's recuperated this summer. And again, looking at our schedule, if if it, if rest will help it he's probably not going to be as uh, prevalent there early, but those first two games. Philosophical question from FPREX. He says, it seems like offenses are getting more cutting edge, at least to the eye of the common fan. What do you see as the next hot trend defensively to combat that? Is it schematic or variance in personnel? He gave an example of the New England Patriots moving a bigger, uh, a bigger safety into a linebacker position. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that's changed for everybody is the RPOs. And it's easier to defend them in the pros because the linemen can't go down the field as far as they can in college. So you can run a run and play in college, and, and it's a run and play for three yards, but all of a sudden it's a passing play if you try to overshift your defense to it. So uh, you call the run, and if they play the run, you throw the ball behind it. And the pros – one and a half yards is all they can go down the field. So colleges are calling in a little bit better, but I say that's made as much an imprint on it's a lot easier for people to handle pressure with that because you don't have to check off plays. You just call a run, and if it's if it's there, you run. If it's not, you hit the RPO. Hit it, you you scale something out behind. But of course, you got to execute it. As far as evolution, I just think the 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 fact that so many quarterbacks are so much further along because of seven on seven, these quarterback camps they go to, their personal trainers, the kids that are going all around the country to these camps know more about reading coverages and all that. So I think the evolution defensively is going to be to be able to disguise your coverages a little better. The defensive backs are going to work harder on, uh, you know, it used to be if you line up inside, you're playing man. If you're lined up tight, you're squatting and playing too deep corner. All those different type of things. I think we're going to see more disguise, more bail coverage where you line up and show them one thing and go to another. But as far as cutting edge, I see the defense and trying to combat this, showing you something to get you to think you got it and doing more disguised with their coverages and, and fronts. Roddy's clicking on some stuff over there, making some noise. I'm trying to clear something out here. <laughs> I'm trying to bring up a picture or a, a thing that Coach was describing there. I'm on, like, the, the trend. I wanted to – I had a site where it showed some of that stuff, and I was trying to cheat and remember exactly one of the yeah. things he taught me. I can't find it. So. Second question uh, from this poster is, if you took Georgia's elite tight end talents, the four guys of Delp, Lucky, Bowers, and Sperlin, and you put them all in one formation together, could you run something effective? Sure. We did that uh, two years ago. We ran four tight ends uh, against Alabama. Probably should have run it more in that uh, conference championship game where we, we had it. And uh, they're so worried about defending Bowers – that uh, they're not worried about the run, but you can get a quads look where you have a two-by-two two on one side and then one other receiver uh, might be a back in the backfield or whatever it might be, But uh, or you can get three-by-one and put a guy in motion. But uh, uh, I like that once in a while. Get your best players on the field, but we got so many wide receivers now, we're probably not going to run as much 12 personnel as we had when we had you know Washington and Bowers. I, I just think uh, – you got, you got to get Raw Raw out there some uh, to go with Lovett and McConkey and Thomas. I mean, excuse me, uh, all these guys we got. So it's, it's going to be a traffic cop, you know. Hey, uh, somebody up there is going to keep up. How many guys getting reps and all that? Because and it always happens when you're kicking somebody's butt. You know, you're trying to not run the score up, but trying to give people reps and you know. Uh, you know, we had games two years ago when Jordan Davis playing 15 plays. I mean, uh, it's just – it's hard to be fair to everybody and let them get, get reps. But I can see us – one thing for sure, 
every formation we're going to have is going to have Bowers in it. Put him at running back. He can still do it. He can. Oh, right. Hey, he can play back there. Um, you know, a couple last year or maybe the year before, we had a, a lot of backs get hurt. And I, I noticed that uh, Kirby and Dell had him back there. He, you know, he knows how to pass protect because if you just take the tight end and make him a U where you the, there's a tackle and you're back off the ball and you've got two tight ends a game, essentially he's the fullback in a two-back set. But he's lined up a little bit wider and he can back up and be a two-back set. But he knows he's got pass protection on that side away from the other back over here. So he knows how to line up and do that. And, of course, we've seen him when you hand him the ball on on the jet sweep or reverses. I mean, just turn and toss him the ball. I think he can probably catch it and run the ball sweep. Evidence uh, tends to indicate that he can do that. North Buckhead Dog says, how does Coach Donna compare Justin Williams, a linebacker recruit out of Texas that George is uh, heavily involved with, to either a current linebacker on the roster or any previous linebacker on George's team? Well, it's tough to make comparisons because it's not fair to the young man, but he's not the number one linebacker in the country just because he looks good in his uniform. This guy can play sideline to sideline. He's very intelligent. Uh, he's got a nose for the ball and he can cover people. Uh, I've seen him on clips where he's at camps and they're playing man to man and all, uh, just a angular guy. got good speed. There's a YouTube thing out on him running on a, being timed on a treadmill and everything. Uh, he's just a, he looks like the consummate linebacker on the hoof and, uh, hope he's going to be a dog cause he'll just fit in with these other guys that we got uh, just tremendous player oddly enough coach it was a comment from georgia tennis coach manny diaz that i've been thinking about recently because with the size of these georgia offensive linemen and then i'm watching some of these players in the home run derby last night and they're six foot six and it seems like all over sports players are just a little bigger and taller but still faster and athletic and agile it seemed compared to my youth it seems like i'm seeing more players that are six 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 seven and above um just a, at a lot of different positions and i remember manny diaz telling us this on a podcast that you're seeing more men's tennis players at six 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 seven dominating at that that level yeah i mean used to be a long time ago tennis country club sport a lot of guys didn't play unless they, you know, had the money to get lessons and all. But now you got people playing on, in these parks around the country and all, and they, these athletic guys uh, that have the skill level. I mean, tennis is an easy game to play at a moderate level just because of stroke production and getting your fundamentals down. But when you add athleticism to that, like Dane has, and really put that together, you really are a player. So, you're seeing more and more athletes that have the stroke production and the power. And, of course, at Wimbledon, you see how much the serve means because the grass is so fast and you, you, your serve is, can be a great equalizer. But uh, you, but uh, people want to hear more about football on this than they do tennis, that's for sure. Well, I, I don't give a lot of compliments to people from Georgia Tech, but Christopher Eubanks, that's a great story at Wimbledon right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna hate, I hate to pull for him uh, just because of that. But uh, hey, well, that was a great win. Uh, Sipitas is not a real good grass player, but I don't care who you are. You, you're a guy down the road like that and come up as far as ranking than had a good win at Wimbledon. 
uh, one of my friends I used who ended up being a tennis coach in North Carolina was a great player, played at Presbyterian, also played some football at Georgia Tech, but he transferred to Alan Morris and he got to the quarters at uh, Wimbledon and he said, I don't care what anybody ever says. I can always say I got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. I, I don't care. I mean, that's a heck of a heck of a deal. Uh, it's like when uh, we had this wing back for us that Wendell Coleman and I threw him a touchdown pass against Michigan State, and it was on that news thing after uh, that he used to have when you go to the movies, and he was all fired up telling everybody, and you know, because Michigan State was ranked number one. I said, "Why you get so fired up? We got we got beat." And he said, "I don't care about us getting beat." And I'm on this this uh, movie thing all over the country. You know, everybody's talking about Wendell Coleman. So, <laughs> love it. I, uh, speaking of everybody talking about it, I want everyone to tune in to UGA Sports here. It's uh, right at 1 o'clock. There's a, uh, interview, a meeting going on over at UGA between Kirby Smart and the um, and Josh Brooks and a bunch of media outlets. Not a bunch, but some selected media outlets. Uh, Kirby Smart is going to be pushing back against some of this, uh, some of the narratives that are built out there, like the one Phil Rogers says here, like Kirby's got to tighten up on the discipline on this team. That is, uh, I mean, Kirby is very, he's a disciplinarian and some of the, it's been a ugly off season with some of the arrests and tickets that have happened. Uh, but uh, I'm just letting you know, folks, Georgia is pushing back against some of the narratives. Now they're not disputing certain facts, certain things happen. Those are obvious, but when you draw two facts together, do you create a narrative out of whole cloth or you do something that's uh, subjective or editorialized and like say, Oh, there's a culture of this yeah. and you can't define it. Hey, get, get your side of the story out there. I mean, exactly. So uh, I'm telling you folks, if you haven't been paid, this is not something that was it's the last second thing. It just popped up. But we have our reporter there, Anthony Dasher. He will have notes from this. And uh, and here, here's the uh, media's chance to hold Kirby speak to the fire and ask him direct questions. So they're going to give out, put out their side and the media is going to grill him. So if you were uh, around this afternoon, you want to check out and see what the uh, what the results of this meeting, uh, this press conference are going to be like. So hit that, uh, hit the uh, bookmark page on ugasports.com. We will have the reporting um, more so than anybody else. Check it out. And we will, uh, you guys will hopefully be back next Tuesday or Wednesday. I won't be here. I'm going to be on vacation. So we'll no, play. you're not. You're working. So I Georgia, Georgia basketball. Yeah, I'm covering Georgia basketball in Italy. <laughs> I did tell a joke today. Absolutely, sir. So this old lady goes in the bar and uh, sits down and uh, tells the bartender, said, I want a, a whiskey and just a couple drops of water with it. And he said, I tell you what, I'm, I'm impressed that you take such strong of drinks and I'll actually buy that for you. And she said, well, thank you. And so she drinks it and the, this guy beside her said, that's impressive. Said, uh, would you like another drink? I'll, she said, yeah, I'll have a whiskey and a couple drops of water with it. And they said, that's impressive. I mean, so finally uh, she looks over and said, how about let me buy you two a drink? And they said, oh, that's nice. And she said, what would you like? She said, I'll have a whiskey and two drops of water. And they said, ma'am, I just need to ask you. He said, you you look like you, you know, a little bit older and everything, but uh, what's the deal? You ordering a whiskey and two drops of water or three drinks in a row. So what's the deal? And she said, well, I can tell you one thing at my age, I can handle the whiskey a lot better than I can the water. 
<laughs> so that's not that bad, is it? Oh, God. Yeah, it's a good one. Hey, uh, Johnny McKee was the best thing today, though. Yeah, it was. That was. was. I love that. Hey, that's why we have you on. Glad you follow the script this time. I got to tell you one more thing about Johnny. We're riding the Appalachian, driving through the mountains. We're playing like in August, the last day of August, and the the uh, air conditioning goes out on the bus on the first bus with the defense on, and they radio to us. We're about fifty miles from uh, Boone and stopped at this rest stop and I go up and everybody's off the bus and I said, where's Johnny? So coach, he's in the back. So I go back there and Johnny's in the back seat. They're stripped down to his underwear, 350 pounds. Oh my God. He's sweating like crazy. He said, coach, I can't get off. I said, Johnny, if you just crawl off here, we're going to put you on the other bus. He said, coach, there's no air conditioning. So, so, but so Johnny crawls off. I told him, Women trainers get out of the way. Johnny crawls off the bus with his underwear on and gets on the one with air conditioning. So I was <laughs> <laughs> Big bear of a man crawling down the aisle. I love it. Yeah. All right. Go dogs. Go dog, folks. All right. We will see you. Uh, these guys will see you next week. I will be covering the dogs in Italy. Shout out to the Georgia basketball team heading over to Italy for their tour of that uh, wonderful country. And uh, we will see you then. Take care.